Hello, and welcome to I Read a Book Once. My name is Emma, and this is a podcast where I talk about books. Today is the third and final installment in my Finch Merlin Halloween series. It's kind of bittersweet that it's coming to an end, but you'll hear more about that in this episode. Thank you so much for sticking with me throughout these three episodes, and I'm really excited for you guys to hear about the final three books in the Finch Merlin series and all about my thoughts feelings, opinions, questions, concerns, and whatnot about this ep- about this episode, about these books. Um, so I just, I'm not going to beat around the bush. Let's just get into it. Okay, and now it is time to move on to Finch Merlin and the Everlasting Vow, book 15. Okay, so when we last left off, Finch was forced to be Kaya's suitor in the suitor race. Well, at the beginning of this book, Kaya basically says, yeah, I'm just going to marry you no matter what. Finch, obviously, is not very happy about that because he doesn't want to marry Kaya. He's in love with Rian. Kaya basically says, suck it up and also you're a prisoner and have to stay in my bedroom until we get married because somebody's trying to kill you. Obviously, the people trying to kill him are Erbis and Davin. Well, Finch gets um, Nash to agree to pretend to be him because Finch has his mimicry abilities, which means, first of all, he's a shapeshifter, but second of all, he can turn other people to look like other people. Does that make any sense? I don't really care. I'm going for it. And so Nash reluctantly agrees, so Finch is able to escape every now and again. He ends up figuring out that Davin was the person who um, hired that guy to try and kill Kaya. So uh, then Davin goes to jail. So that's fun. And then uh, also we find out that Davin has placed a lock on Erebus's powers. Ow, I just got my finger caught in a thing. Okay, never mind. And um, so then Erebus is like, Finch, I'm so sorry. I should have just released you. Will you help me win the princess back? And the other point of view in this book is Kaya. We'll get to that. And so Finch is obviously like, yes, because he does not want to marry the princess. So he tries to help, uh, not Davin, Erebus figure this out. And he's like figuring out from Davin how to get Erebus's powers back. Meanwhile, Kaya's just like, I got to marry Finch. I got to marry Finch. I don't, I'm still in love with Erebus, but I got to marry him. Erebus and Kaya share a kiss. Um, and then Rianne shows up, i.e. Lux. And Lux reveals herself for being inside Rianne and basically is like, Erebus is married to me. You better back off. He's a slime ball, like whatever. And then Kaya's like, how could I ever trust you? You've betrayed my trust again. I'm for sure marrying Finch now. So now Finch's fate is settled. She goes into the room. Oh, I also forgot that there was like an attack on Finch by Erebus and Davin, although I might mention that. Anyways, she goes into the room and something happens. I can't really remember what. I think somebody breaks in and is trying to fight them. I don't know. Anyways, it's revealed that Nash is pretending to be Finch in the room. So now Kaya's livid. She goes and she finds Finch and Finch and Erebus are fighting. I don't really know what's going on, but Finch like almost is getting hurt or something. I don't really know. And Kaya yells and then basically is like, Finch, we're getting married tomorrow. So basically he learns like, well, actually he learns like three days before his wedding that he's getting married and he's like, but I don't want to. And so originally Kaya said, 
I won't make you drink the love potion that we Atlanteans drink when we get married to ensure internal love. It obviously doesn't work because Kaya's dad, this whole book, instead of grieving for her mom who died in the last book, is trying to figure out how he can stay alive another 500 years because he, his death day is the day of Kaya and Finch's wedding. So Finch is like, I don't want to do that. I'm in love with Rianne. Kaya's like, too bad. You are the embodiment of the prophecy, but she won't tell him what the prophecy of the light of the luminary or the luminary is. And Finch ends up finding out that it basically says that some powerful magical with a balance of light and dark magic, which he has, come will come to Atlantis and save, will and marry the wounded queen and save them from their darkest hour. Obviously, we know Atlantis is in trouble because its interdimensional bubble is failing and they're having to like parts of the city drown and stuff like that. Um, then it's revealed that Kaya, at the very end, it's revealed that Kaya wants to use Finch in his powerful magic and his um, reputation as a war hero to unsubmerge Atlantis. So bring it to the surface world and then take over the surface world magicals. And she explains it as like, we're more enlightened and advanced than them. So we're going to be like bringing enlightenment i.e. she's basically being an imperialist like yeah she's imperializing you know what I mean and Finch is like bro you're a dictator like absolutely not I want no part in this and she's like too bad then she forces Rianne and all his friends to watch him marry her and then he does not want to but he's like forced by not gunpoint but spear point I think and then He's also forced by the king, the dad, to drink the love potion. And that's how the book ends. Oh my God, you guys. If I thought the last book was sad, this one was way, way sadder. Oh my God. Two books in a row making me want to cry tears out of pure sadness and being upset about how Finch's life is going. This man made a complete turnaround 180. You know I have a soft spot for Finch. If you've listened to these or the Harley Merlin ones, you know how I love Finch. And this man cannot catch a break. (laughs) Some fake tears. But I actually wanted to shed some real ones because it's just so unfair. He has to do all these things and his life just sucks. And now he's being forced to marry somebody he doesn't even love and forced to drink a love potion. It's just the unfairness astounds me. I'm like, this man cannot catch a break. And I just want to shed some tears for him because I'm so upset about it. On that note, let's talk about how Kaya is the worst. So I knew this book going into it was going to be her point of view. And also let's just make a point that I never thought Finch was actually going to have to marry Kaya. I literally didn't think this marriage was going to happen. First of all, when I started the book, I didn't realize it was like she'd already decided she was marrying Finch. So then I was like, oh, okay. But then I thought for sure he was going to like wriggle his way out of it somehow. Maybe she was just going to marry Erebus, which he sucks. I don't really want him to get that child, get what he wants. But also I don't want Finch married to her. So I was willing to take the lesser of two evils. Oh, also I remembered an important plot point that right before the wedding, Finch is able to get a message to Harley So he has this ring, which I never mentioned, but comes up in the earlier books that would take him to um, Erebus's other world where he would meet Erebus to like get his tasks and whatever. And so he's like, will this still work? So he takes the ring off and he goes there. And now, you know, remember from earlier that the djinn, the genies, whatever, have taken over and made their own home there. And so Finch is like, can you get this message to Harley? 
and gives a message about like what's happening and what's gonna that Kai is trying to come and like ready the troops and whatever okay but then he has to go back and get married but like oh my god so I knew Kai's point of view right was gonna be in this and I was like thought it was gonna redeem her because in the last book I didn't mind her that much like I knew her life kind of sucked whatever but bro not only is she making Finch marry her when she knows he's in love with somebody else, which like I can kind of low-key get it in that she's royalty. So like you got to sacrifice and just marry whoever's good for your country if you're royalty. But like making him drink the love potion, like all of that, that really bothered me. And then what made it the absolute worst is that actually she's just um, a dictator. Not really, but like cause she was she's better than her father. But like her whole plan is to go to the earth like not be underwater anymore and take over like finch has like this line in the book where he's like it's like she's almost worse than Catherine because Catherine at least knew she was evil kaya thinks she's doing good but she's not this is not good and finch tries to explain that people aren't gonna want this like they just dealt with Catherine one and a half years ago or half one to one and a half years ago and she's like no 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 you're gonna be there and you'll convince them you can't see me, but I'm literally, like, my hand is touching my forehead, and I'm just making this, like, face of disbelief, maybe? I don't know. Very, the whole thing, very upsetting. I don't like Kaya. I don't like her plan. I'm so upset about this, like, because I know, I read the back of the next book, and I know that the love potion works, and Finch is in love with her, but it's fake, but he doesn't know and then that makes me think about like, well, if he's, if they both are so in love with each other, are they going to consummate this marriage? And if so, is that a form of like non-consensual sex? Because Finch would never consent if he was in his right mind. I don't know. And that makes me upset to think about. But I feel like the last point that I have here before I get off, because I'm nearing the end of my time for this book, is that I don't know if I said this in the last one. If I did, I'll cut it out here. But um, I think that I like Harley and her friends and Harley Merlin better than I like the Finch Merlin side characters. Obviously, we know I love Finch Merlin. I'm not shitting on him. Love him to pieces. But with the Harley Merlin series, I talked about this in that um, in those episodes that the books became kind of tedious to read and I didn't want to continue reading them at a certain point, mostly because... I got very angry and upset about the plot points of some of it. But the other thing is those books were a bit tedious in that you knew that each book was going to be about each trial Catherine was going through and you knew that they were going to fail at stopping her each time. So you kind of knew what was going on. With the Finch Merlin books, the plot has really been twisty turvy. I'm n- I have never really known where it's going. Like when it starts, I I don't know, like, you're starting it out and Finch is doing these things for Erebus and then you're in Atlantis and then all of a sudden Finch is married and you also find out Kaya's a dictator, like, all this stuff. And so that's made it enjoyable in that it hasn't exactly been a predictable plot throughout the book series, right? So I'm definitely going to finish these and, yeah, I think we're done with this book. Okay, now it is time to turn to number 16, Finch Merlin and the Blood Tie. Just a quick heads up, this is the first time I'm recording in my new apartment and uh, I haven't really figured out the acoustics yet. But anyways, what happens at the beginning of this is that the love potion works on Finch and he falls desperately madly in love with Kaya. 
However, it is messing with his memories. He can't really remember anything except for being in love with Kaya. Anytime he tries to like remember his sister, he just gets vague feelings. Remembering how he got to Atlantis, he's not really sure. And anytime he questions his love for Kaya, he gets intense pain, mostly in his heart, his chest, and that and he's got his friends and Erebus all telling him that he's under a love spell and that he doesn't actually love Kaya. So he Finch is low-key a mess for the first half of this book. Then, surprise, we have two other points of views in this book. We have both Nash and Rianne. So in Nash's point of view, he's going to try and go to like the black market area of Atlantis to see if he can figure out how to break the love spell. But he ends up getting caught by Faustus, which is one of the palace palace advisor people who's in charge of King Ovid's funeral burial thing because he died at the end of the last book or at the beginning of this one. Kind of unclear. Anyways, so if you remember, the king wants to get resurrected. So Faustus brings the king's body to Davin. Davin resurrects him. They arrest Finch, or not Finch, sorry, Nash, and take a bunch of his blood. Because if you remember, his blood is magic and it can be used to replace anything in a spell. And then Nash is able to get away and he ends up hiding with this random guy, this random Atlantean whose name I forget. And they're talking about how a lot of Atlanteans don't want to go to the surface world and take it over. So at least we know not all Atlanteans are crazy psychopaths. Meanwhile, with Rianne and the others, Lux has been silent ever since Melody basically bitch slapped her and was like, bro, you're the worst, you're a jerk. And we find out that she has been talking to Chaos, their father, the almighty being. Ooh, wait, I thought of something. And basically, Chaos was like, you and Erebus intervened way too much. You need to break this love spell on Finch and stop the rising of Atlantis. If you don't, I'm going to absorb Lux and Chaos. He's going to absorb both of them into the Chaos stream and they will cease to exist anymore. And I'm over here like, thank God. So Lux and Erebus break the love spell on Finch and he is finally himself again and he remembers he loves Rianne and he's not crazy. So yay. Nash is racing back to the palace with Luke and Melody to warn Kaya that her dad's been resurrected. However, they are too late. And uh, he takes over, they all get thrown in prison, and Kaya is in house arrest. So they're in prison and Nash is like, bro, I don't want my powers anymore. I'm done with being hunted for my sanguine blood. He's like, Finch, will you take my powers? They have a little bit of back and forth, but then Finch accepts. They get sent into... um. Gaia's underworld and they make the switch and now Nash no longer is a magical he has no magic but he still has his connection with his familiar huntress the husky who's pretty sweet although there was this whole thing about them being able to talk to each other in their heads which like makes sense but also was really lame in how it was written anyway so then Finch has like a burst of extra strength magic and breaks them out of this jail and they go and they Finch disguises them all as guards using his mimicry ability and they see um, King Ovid and Princess Kaya like talking and the king is trying to take back over but then the king gets double crossed by Faustus who kills Kaya which was wild and then he's like JK I'm gonna be in charge and then Davin double crosses Faustus and kills Faustus and says, JK, JK, I'm going to be in charge. He resurrects Kaya after the moment she's alive, forces a love potion down her throat. And now Kaya thinks she's in love with Davin. 
and they kick all of our normal crew out of Atlantis into the ocean and then raise Atlantis. The crew almost dies. Finch is trying to keep them alive, but Erebus is able to intervene at the last second, bring them to the surface. Rianne almost dies. Lux leaves her body. So we're done with this Lux thing and Rianne, which is kind of good. And Harley and the crew are there and they like help save them. And then they see Atlantis rise. And then they find out that the SDC, the coven, has fallen out of the interdimensional bubble into the real world. And that's book 16. It was a wild ride. I really expected that I was going to absolutely hate it. I thought I was not going to be able to stand it at all. Worst book ever. Going to be on my worst books of the year list. However, I liked it. And you know why I thought I was going to hate it? Because I can't stand the books where the people who are meant to be together with somebody else, which is why I have such an issue with a lot of like drama TV shows where it's just like, do we need to have this like stupid relationship or this cheating or this other stuff when we all know who's meant to be with each other? But that's besides the point irrelevant. Anyways, I expected to dislike this book because Finch was going to be in love with Kaya the whole time. But he ended up only being in love with her for half the, half of the time. And because we had also Nash and Rianne's point of view, there wasn't a lot of Finch's point of view in the first half of the book, which I liked because I had no desire to hear from him and his whole I'm in love with the princess sort of vibe if you catch my drift. So that was good. It was actually really enjoyable. And you know what? Let's talk about how Chaos Rules finally came in clutch. Throughout the previous 15 books, Chaos is so stupid. Never helps. It's always like, sorry, I can't help you. Chaos Rules. Like, it's so annoying. It never ever helps them. They're always like, it's just, it's really frustrating. Like, there are all these powerful beings. They're like, no, we're not going to help you. But finally, in this book, Erebus and Lux have been breaking those chaos rules left and right, and it finally came back to bite them in the butt. And I don't actually think they're going to get reabsorbed into the chaos stream in the next book. However, if they did, I would not be upset about it because they both suck a lot. I hate them. But at least they broke the love spell on Finch. Erebus, oh, also Erebus releases his um, body form and goes back to being his otherworldly form so he can't really stay in the real world for very long. And the chaos rules, they were only able to help so much, but at least they finally were able to do something and the big, powerful chaos number one guy, whatever the heck, at least he finally intervened and made them do something. The other thing that was so great about this book was all the plot twists at the end. So you see like, okay, yeah, what, you know, he's going to get resurrected, King Ovid, whatever. But then Faustus double crosses him, a mood, and kills Kaya. That one was shocking. I was like, oh my god, Kaya is dead. Oh, I also forgot to mention that once the love spell is broken, Kaya's like, what the heck? I'm an idiot. I should not go to the surface world and be a conqueror. And her dad's only doing it to spite her, to be like, people like me, I can be powerful, even though neither of those things are true. And so she comes to her senses, but then once she's got the love potion and Davin, she's like, I'm going to do it anyways. So whatever. But that was crazy. And then Davin, I should have known this man was going to be the number one antagonist because he's been antagonizing me personally, as well as Finch, throughout the last eight books. So I should have known. I should have known that's what he was going to do. 
but I didn't. And uh, why was I shocked when he resurrects Kaya and feeds her a love potion? I don't know, but I was shocked. And then the other thing is, I still don't like Kaya. I don't like her, but I feel bad that she got killed and then resurrected and made to be in love with Davin because Davin sucks, like, we, like I've said a billion times now. But I still don't like her. I guess she had some growth when she realized that she's an idiot, but it went away immediately, so it doesn't really count. I mean, it does because she's under a potion, but whatever. And the final thing I want to talk about is how did Davin kill all the interdimensional bubbles? Because basically he raises Atlantis and then makes the SDC and presumably all of the other covens fall out of their interdimensional bubbles so that the humans are aware that magicals exist because the whole thing is that they're going to take over both the magical and the human world. But yes, Davin's a powerful necromancer. He's powerful magical, but he doesn't have the sort of power to just make that end. The other thing is like, what sort of spell would he use to do that? The Atlanteans by themselves are all powerful people, but they don't know anything about the surface world or how that works. So I don't know how that happened. I'm sure it'll be explained in the last book, but I'm. it just really confused me. I don't know how they're going to come back from this because are they going to just like brain wash the entire world, make them all forget that magic's real. That seems really implausible and difficult to do. So then are people just going to know magic's real? I don't know. I guess we'll find out in the last book. Oh my gosh, I can't believe it. We made it. It's time. It is time to talk about the last book in the Finch Merlin series, Finch Merlin and the Legend of the Luminary which is the whole thing Kaya was obsessed with, if you don't remember. So after that absolute cliffhanger, mic drop craziness moment, that was the end of book 16, I guess, because this is book 17, is what it says in front of me. What happened? Let me tell you in the shortest amount of time I possibly can, because then I have to wrap up all of this, which is just so wild to me that I'm finally completing the series that I've been reading for over 10 months and wrap up the end of my Halloween special. Thank you for sticking around if you've been here the whole time. I really appreciate it and I hope I have been able to bring some joy to your day. So what happens after they get kicked out of Atlantis and the bestiary falls out of the sky? Well, actually, that's not what happens. So what happens is the reason the SDC fell out of the sky into the real world is that Davin did a control spell to take control of the bestiary and he used Kaya as a magical witness. So in order for them to undo this, they need to get Kaya to be a witness again. But she's under this love spell, so there's no way she's going to do that. So they have to figure out what they're going to do about it. And so basically Finch and his crew go back to Atlantis to try and infiltrate and see if they can stop Davin and figure out what's going on because Hector you might remember from the book where Nash's point of view was important. He shows up. He's like escaped out of Atlantis to talk to them. And Harley and the original crew go back to San Diego to try and figure out what's going on with the bestiary. So they go back there and they end up pretending to be military people. And uh, they poke around in Tobe, who's the beast master. You may or may not remember him. He is in charge of the bestiary. He has gone into lockdown defensive mode and is attacking them. So they have to calm him down so that they can undo the spell on him. So Harley uses her 
um, purge, purge control power or whatever. And so then they were able to do that and they moved the bestiary from San Diego to the Antarctica coven that has been abandoned and is a good place from the hideout. And they ended up getting like, when they left Atlantis, they ended up in Antarctica or nearby. So St. Edward George Island or whatever the heck that place is called. I don't remember. So then they go back. Meanwhile, Finch thinks that he is sneaking up on Davin and that he's being taken to Kaya, but actually Apollo double crosses him and just brings him to Davin and he knows what's going on. And um, Davin basically says, unless you get the president of the magical covens of the United States of covens or whatever the heck to sign an executive order freeing me of all wrongdoing and legitimizing necromancy. I'm going to continue to drop covens out of the sky, out of the interdimensional bubbles, and then I'll just resurrect everybody. So he's basically been bringing back so many people to life and it has caused them to turn to his side. So Finch leaves and he's trying to convince the California Mage Council to do that. And they're like, no, which makes sense. You don't we all learned with Hitler, appeasement does not work. However, also allowing Davin to drop a coven out of the sky, revealing magic to normal people, and then resurrecting everybody, that seems like a recipe for a disaster. So Finch ends up, he ends up going over their heads and taking Rian with him to go talk to the president himself, and he convinces him whatever, or her, sorry. He convinces her and she signs the order and Erebus comes back and he's like, my plan is that there's a loophole and in the loophole, only magicals can't kill him. So a child of chaos, i.e. Erebus, could. So he comes back, then they go back into Atlantis because Apollo has now sent them a secret message and was like, you guys, Kaya's resting in her chambers, like you can come. But also, I didn't mention that Ovid was, like, excommunicated from Atlantis, so they have him in a cell. So they show up, and Harley's going to, like, knock out Kaya so they can bring her back and undo the bestiary spell. And Finch and Erebus, and I don't know, somebody else is with him, I can't remember who, are going to Davin, and they're going to go kill him, or whatever. So they do that, but it turns out it was a trap and that Ovid, when he got resurrected or kicked out or whatever the heck happened, Davin turned him into like, he could like hear and see what he hears and sees. I'm not sure how that happened, but whatever. And so Kaya like knocks Harley out and Harley fails to give her the thing. Davin like takes Erebus from the bot, like Erebus is in this bottle because he gave up his mortal body. So he's just like missed or whatever. And so Finch isn't able to open it. Oh, he brings Melody and Jacob with him because that was like another condition with the executive order, whatever. So then he runs away. Kaya comes in with Harley. There's this huge like fight scene and um, Harley, no, Harley stays with Kaya who's fighting Erebus trying to kill him. And Finch runs after Davin. Not really sure what he's going to do, but he's going to try. So Harley and... Erebus together are able to stop Kaya and they force feed her this potion, but it turns out that the love spell she's under rejects all potions. So she's kind of like in some sort of coma or something bad has happened to her. I don't know. And Erebus is very sad and freaking out. Meanwhile, Finch runs after Davin. He's like, 
getting rid of people, whatever. And then Rianne shows up with Lux. Lux has inhabited her body again and they team up and they kill Davin, but they actually don't kill Davin. Instead, he gets banished. So throughout the book, Lux, or the series, Lux keeps saying that she's going to banish Erebus to the center of the earth into like this cage and he's never going to be able to get out. But newsflash, Davin's the one who gets that. So Lux sends him there and we're like, ha ha ha, you suck. We hate you. You finally got just, we finally got some justice and you, because you have that talisman that keeps resurrecting you, you're just going to keep dying over and over and over again. And you'll just continue to live there forever. What a fitting punishment. Then they come back and they're able to undo the spell on Kaya. And she realizes again that she's the worst and she did all this horrible stuff. So that happens. And then Lux, then they like leave and Kaya like exiles herself and gives Apollo the crown of Atlantis because she's like, I'm not worthy. I can't be the queen anymore because I literally made all this stuff happen because I'm stupid. And they go back to Antarctica out of Atlantis and then Erebus shocked the hell out of me and he was like, I don't want to be a child of chaos anymore. I want to be a mortal. And everybody's like, can you do that? And they're like, yeah, if you have somebody that trades places with you. So this guy Remington, who's like kind of irrelevant, but like a side character from the first series, is like, I'll trade places with you. Maybe I can do some good. I'm like, what? I don't know. And they just like let him do that. And Erebus becomes a person. And then Kaya is like, fitted with the suppressor so she doesn't really have that much magic anymore and the two of them are exiles and they're gonna go live out their lives and they just let them do that and Lux like lets her husband just leave him and they're no longer together anymore and he's gonna go live with Kaya have his happily ever after after being the worst I don't know Lux apologizes for also being the worst and we do forgive her because now she what does she have now I don't know and then it, they do a mass mind sweep wipe so that humans don't remember magic. And then it's flash forwards to two years later. And if you write, you might not remember this, but in the first series, Harley made a deal with, um, what was the creature's name? I want to call him Leviticus, but I don't know if that's right. She made a deal with this chaos creature that to get his blood in exchange for naming her for her firstborn child. So her and Wade get married at the end of the book and then it fast forwards to two years later and she finds out that she's pregnant and that um, the chaos creature is going to name her child. And that's how the series ends. Boom. Was that quick? No, I think I literally spent the entire time I allotted for this book explaining it. So sorry. You get what you get and you don't throw a fit. Maybe you just click out of my podcast. But pro- if you're sticking around, you know what you're getting. So let's talk about this book. Let's break it down. Let's talk about this series. First of all, we need to address the elephant in the room. This was the worst book in the series. I've been saying throughout the series, like, this one was so much more fun. Like, I enjoy this one more, like, blah, blah, blah. And here, this last book had to disappoint me. The reason why I hated it is Davin. Davin is the worst and I hate him. And he also was just, like, psychotic. He was crazy. Because he has this whole thing about people want to love me and I'm going to like bring them back and be loved and I'm not evil and all this stuff. And then the executive order and he's like got all these spies and he always is two steps ahead of them. And it just made me so mad. Bella Forrest does one thing really well and that is writing completely 
unlikable bad guys. So, bro, bro, I I hate Davin. I didn't hate this book, although I, it took me until I got halfway through it to finally be like, okay, cool. I'm feeling it again. Let's finish this off. Let's do it. But I do love Harley, and I'm so glad that we got her perspective again in this series because I really, truly did miss her. Now, I've said, like, that part of the reason I thought this series was good, like, compared to the other one, is that it was more unpredictable, things like that. Like, I ended up liking the new set of characters, and I think it was good choice to kind of create these new characters for Finch and his adventures instead of just sticking with the old Muppet babies, as Finch calls them. But I missed Harley. I truly missed her. And so I was so glad to see that she got her happily ever after with Wade, obviously, and just to be in her head again because I missed her a lot. And so that was a fun little thing for me. It was probably Harley's perspective for the reader's enjoyment. It really could have been anybody. And we would have been like, okay, like whatever. So happy to see that. I mean, the next series... That's the spinoff to the spinoff series is about Harley and Wade's daughter who ends up being named Persephone and goes by Percy and how she doesn't have any magic her whole life. And then she turns 18 and she just starts purging these crazy monsters. And so like the gift that Leviathan or whatever the heck his name is gave her is to like purge monsters. So she wants to go like become a monster hunter and Harley and Wade are like, no, don't do that. I don't have any of those books with me at my new place. So I will not be reading them, at least now. The series is like in the middle of being published. Like there's only half the books out or three of however many out right now. And because of COVID, this is a self-published author. These books are self-published. And so those publishing houses have not been printing the book. So the only way you can get it is on Amazon Kindle app or whatever the heck that app is called. So I probably will not... I would not expect a Halloween special next year about the Percy Merlin series because that's probably not going to happen. I will definitely be taking a break for at least two months and I probably wouldn't want to start that series unless I knew I was going to have all those books to finish them. But I'm so happy that I read the Finch Merlin series. Overall, I really liked it a lot. I think that like... I preferred the main characters in the first series of I liked Harley, obviously Finch, Wade, like I liked them a lot versus like the new characters in this series. I like them, but like they just don't hit as hard as these other characters do. But I liked the storyline in this second series more than the storyline in the first series. So it's some give and take. I'm really glad I read it though. Okay, one last thing that I forgot to mention, and I'm literally adding this in as I recorded my intros and outros for each of the episodes, is that Rianne actually ended up getting some powers at the end of the book. And this is something that I had mentioned in episode two during Rianne's point of view that she was sad she didn't have powers. So after Lux and her defeat Davin, Lux leaves her body for good, but like leaves um, Rianne with some residual powers. So I'm not really sure how powerful she is and what exactly her powers were, but she did get some power. So I feel like that's kind of odd, but also whatever. We're just going for it. Belforce can do whatever she wants. Um, and with that, I think 
Well, let's just touch on Erebus and Lux for a hot second right before I wrap it up because you know I had to do it. Erebus, really? He got his happily ever after after being an asshole through the entire series to both his wife that he was cheating on, to Kaya by lying to her, obviously to Finch by making him do all these dangerous tasks and not releasing him from his service. And so like, or his servitude, whatever. And so at the end of the day, he just gets to not be a child of chaos. I feel like it shouldn't work like that. I didn't really like that at all. I did enjoy the fact that Lux ends up being like, I screwed up, but I'm also being the bigger person and letting him go. But I do feel bad for her because now what is she? She doesn't have a man anymore for the rest of her eternal life unless her and Remington get it on. But that's not going to happen because half the reason Remington agreed to be the new child of chaos also does he now have to take on a new name. Interesting thought. We're not really sure. But he's going to resurrect. He's going to bring the spirit of his lost love to the his other world and like be with her so that's not gonna happen so Lux is now just gonna live a life without romance I guess unless she romances some mortal men I don't know but that is that on the Finch Merlin series thank you so much for sticking with me through this these three episodes for celebrating Halloween with me with some magical books even though I only read one of them during October, and it was the beginning of October, the least Halloweeny time of the month, obviously. But I hope you enjoyed this. I hope you had a good time. Please follow me on Instagram at I read a book once blog and send me some thoughts. You can DM me there. And let me know what you thought of this series, this book. Have you read them? Do now want to read them? I would end up recommending, but it's a huge, it's a commitment though. I mean, I've read 17 books in this series. Most series do not have 17 books unless they're a childhood series like Magic's Treehouse or whatever. So do that. You could also email me at iredbookonceblog.com. No, at gmail.com. What am I saying? Do that. You could check out my now defunct blog, iredbookonceblog.com. I don't use it though, so I don't know why you would do that. And please, 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 rate, subscribe, and review my podcast. It's going to help others find it, get me um, higher up in the search ratings and whatever, and I would appreciate it and love you forever for doing that. So next time, when you now we've had all this, you need a palate cleanser, you need me to talk about Bringing Down the Duke by Evie Dunmore because you know, you know if you're a, if you're a longtime listener, you know that that it's one of my favorite books of all time. And I was supposed to talk about it earlier this month, but got distracted by all my Halloween content and it got pushed to November. So you need to go check that episode out next week. It's a riot. I had a lot of fun. You're going to have a lot of fun as well. And I hope you had a lot of fun today. And so my name is Emma. This was I Read a Book Once and I'll catch you guys next time.